Hello, hello, this is Jonathan and you're listening to the Johnny Talks Podcast, the place where we help you achieve your financial goals. Hola amigos, hope you're having a great day wherever you are. And if you're a new listener to the show, special warm welcome to you. I really appreciate you tuning into the show. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. I appreciate it even more. In today's episode, we will speak to my friend, Mr. Money Mage. He's a UK-based personal finance blogger on his journey to reach financial independence. He has a principal view on how he intends to reach this goal. And to him, financial independence can be achieved by anyone, no matter your income today or your background. We will discuss a few of his principles and how anyone can start building his personal path to financial independence. We touch upon topics such as growing your income, work-life balance, his approach to investing, and on that note, we also talk about his take on peer-to-peer lending platforms. This episode is absolutely for you if you want to achieve financial independence, no matter your income level nor background. So, without further ado, let's jump right into it. Hello, Money Mage. How are you doing today? Hey, Journey. I'm, I'm awesome. Thank you. It's like really nice weather outside and yeah, things are looking up and I'm, I think we're going to be out of this lockdown quite soon. Okay, very good. And um, where are you based, actually? Are you based in the UK? I can hear some uh, sort of accent uh, there. <laughs> yeah, based, based in the UK, like actually based in Scotland. You're probably not familiar enough with UK accents, but I, I don't have a, a Scottish accent. I'm not Scottish, but I've lived in Scotland for getting on 16, 17 years, but I haven't I haven't picked up the accent yet. And it's a, it's a beautiful place, you know, like just out the window, I can turn around and I can see the hills and the river and the sea and the castle. It's really, really beautiful place. Yeah, well, actually, I am a little bit familiar with uh, Scotland. Uh, I had a project with my in my 9 to 5 in 2013, so I flew a lot to Aberdeen and the surroundings. So I've had the chance to one time have a, a nice team building around there and it was beautiful. I mean... Aberdeen itself, well, uh, I will not go uh, again by myself, but um, the surroundings were beautiful. It was great, and we had some nice whiskies and stuff like this. So you live in a beautiful place, uh, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Um, we feel really blessed about it. Like it's mm-hmm. literally ten ten minutes down the road, and we're, you're on a beach where there's absolutely nobody about. You know, it's so it's so amazing. We're we're really lucky to have like uh, like decent paid jobs in an area like this. Okay, very cool, very cool. And uh, yeah, Money Mage, uh, we connected on Twitter. You are a blogger, a personal finance blogger, and I read a few of your posts. And um, yeah, there were there were a few that uh, really interested me. And I, that's why I asked you to come on the show to maybe discuss them more in details and present them to the audience, because I think they are quite interesting uh, for them and they contain actionable tips. Two topics in particular were interesting me to discuss today is um, achieving financial independence. It is for everybody, not just for a rich, um, or sorry, not rich, but a high income earning um, tech people that live in the US. And there was also the topic of peer-to-peer lending, which we can touch upon later on. So maybe can you tell us a little bit about your current financial situation? I mean, your job, what are you doing or what's your occupation today? And what's your financial goals? Yes, certainly. So I think, firstly, thanks so much for reaching out. Like, it's a real privilege to be on your on your podcast. It's um, it's awesome. Thanks so much for inviting me. I think the first article that you've called out the um, you know, the eight reasons financial 
independence is for everybody. It touches on a couple of things that I find quite quite important. First, it's really about principles. And I, I, I try to be prin- principle-centric. I don't know if you've, like, read Covey's Seven Habits. Yes. But, like, I, I try to be principled. I always fail, and I end up being work-centric. <laughs> but I try to be principled. Um, so I think that's the first thing. And I think the second thing that, that is probably really good talking about is, like, whilst I'm in a decent paid job now, like, I, myself and the other money mage, my other half, um, you know, wind back to the beginning of this journey, we had nothing, you know, we were living in a council house in, in Scotland, uh, with very little income, but it's, it's about growing that mm-hmm. experience and that journey over years, over many, many years. And that's why it's for anybody, you know, it's like, you're not going to achieve it tomorrow. You're not going to achieve it in six months, but if you, if you start and if you start taking principled steps towards this you can start to really change your financial situation at least that's my view yes and that's um i think that's quite interesting because you know sometimes you see you talk to friends or people in general and then you talk about investing in the stock markets which is one of my ways to grow my income and to um try to achieve financial independence earlier than than um than the age of retirement and people are saying, yeah, but it's for rich people, this and that, uh, you know, um, I would like to earn 1 million a, a year, or I would like to do this. And this is the only way, or you need to do this job or you need to be a CEO. But in a way to me, I don't believe this. I mean, yes, of course, if you're a CEO, it's, it's much more easier to achieve financial independence, but it's not only about that. I think if you put work into it, you can um, accelerate your path to financial independence. Yeah, totally. Like um, initially, you need to use your time. You need to use your time and your energy to grow more income. Mm-hmm. So that's you know working more hours, working smarter hours, and trying to get a get on a better career path. Um, you know, spending your time to invest in yourself so that your output can drive more income mm-hmm. you know like imagine that you're on the lowest paid job possible you know you're doing a cleaning job try and find another cleaning job work you know extra hours and you will grow your income what you do with that extra income is you start to look for ways to drive more income that's not a function of your time. It's not like an output of you. Mm-hmm. It's your money making money for you. So there's loads of ways of doing that. And, you know, stock market's one, P2P investing's another, setting up, um, you know, like another another side business that you aim to drive repeatable revenue from is another. There's loads and loads of different ways of achieving that. But I think that the point is to try to look to relentlessly grow your income and try and get that income not, you know, rebalance that over time so that that income is coming from itself, from its, from its investments, um, not, not as a function of your output. Yeah. And a typical example is, for example, okay, real estate, maybe that's a, you need to save a lot of money to get there, but at least you have, let's say a rental property, and then it pays you in a way because you get some rental income. Is that one one of the examples? 
Yeah, that's totally one of the examples. And I think I'm I'm not really I'm not really like particularly passionate about any of those. I like to try I like to try a mix and see what lands. I like to experiment. Mm -hmm. But I'm also quite conservative. So I don't like to take huge risks where there's a risk of loss of capital. So I personally wouldn't put all of my wealth in one rental property in case something happened with that property, you know, that the the tenants defaulted for six months. Um, you know, it's just, it's a matter of diversification for me. So I, I tend to look for things that are well, well diversified and quite low risk, which does reduce the amount of return that I get, but it, you know, make, it lets me sleep at night. Yeah, and that's important. Absolutely. I like that what you said about sleeping at night, because if you cannot sleep at night, then I mean, you, you haven't made a good investment <laughs> or a good financial absolutely, decision. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and it's why personal finance is personal, because different people react differently to different pressures, you know. So for me, uh, for me and the other money mage, we're both quite conservative. So the, like having to, you know, sit up at night worrying about money is the last thing that we need to do. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, Mr. Money Mage, how did you grow your income over time, actually? Which which ways did you use to, to grow that income? Yeah, so we, uh, both myself and the other Money Mage, we started off in very low-paid jobs. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've been fortunate enough to um, have a career in software. So I have relatively above-average income. Mm-hmm. We're both really quite frugal when it comes to living. Like we we have really, really low monthly expenditure. Um, like sub sub a thousand dollars we can survive on. So that allows us to save and invest quite a significant portion of our take home pay. And and in that thousand uh, dollars, do you include a rent or uh, your mortgage payment in there? So we're, we're fortunate enough now to be mortgage-free. So property in this area of Scotland is really reasonably priced. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I guess the fancy word for this is geo-arbitrage. You know, like <laughs> living, living in a cost-effective area of the UK has allowed us to pay our mortgage off and not have any rental costs um, or mortgage costs. So our our um, obviously it wasn't like that, you know, wind back five years. It wasn't like that five years ago. But today, you know, our our living costs are really, really low. Um, and that's awesome because it means that we've got, you know, money that we can save and invest. As I said, we do that quite cautiously. So a good a good portion of our portfolio is is in good old boring cash, um, which is Achieving very little today. It's losing <laughs> money, probably. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's there as I, uh, you know, I talk about sleeping at night, you know, like it's there as a, um, a significant buffer. In a time like this, you know, we don't have mortgage payments uh, and we could probably live on our cash savings for a good few years. So we're really kind of sheltered from problem, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then in the UK, it's a really good tax efficient way to invest in retirement savings. So 
you basically pay no tax on your investments at um, a point of contribution. So from your gross salary, you can put in up to about £40,000, what, getting on 50000 45,000 euros per annum um, into your pension, uh, which you can invest how you like. And I, I tend to put mine in um, low cost index trackers, balanced relatively conservatively, like I'm not nowhere near 100% equities. It's probably it's probably about 60% equities, 40% fixed income. Mm-hmm. And that that has grown. I've been doing I've been doing that personally. The other money mage, not so much, but I've been doing that personally since I started earning a salary that was able to do that, which is probably getting on 12 years now. Um, And that has grown that has grown from nothing to, you know, something quite, quite respectable over those 12 years. It's it's retirement funds, so it's tied up. You know, I'm not going to be seeing that money until I retire. At um, I think it's 57 is the earliest that I can take that in mm-hmm. the current laws. So we're also building a um, non kind of retirement wrapped equivalent. Um, again, the UK is pretty pretty good place to do that. So you can put um, from net income, so from your taxable income. You can put up to um, 20k a year in a, a tax-efficient savings and investment account. They're called um, individual savings accounts, and you don't pay any tax on any gains um, or dividend in those accounts uh, for their lifetime. So again, they're another great instrument to kind of grow savings and investments and for me I, I do the same you know it's like it's a relatively balanced non-aggressive portfolio it's a, a relatively conservative portfolio of- mm-hmm. and you haven't contributed a little more to your isa to your uh, savings account now in this period of uh, economic meltdown or at least at uh, in this bear market so again, like I guess one of one of our kind of you know talk about sleeping at night, like one we 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 are really creatures of habit. So this COVID situation has not affected us at all. We're both still working. Mm-hmm. We're both out of jobs. I have not changed my pension contributions. I have not changed my in like uh, non like my ISA contributions. I haven't changed what I'm putting aside in cash. It's just another month. Uh, and I know that's probably quite unusual. I know lots of people are probably eager to enter the market or to yeah, to buy more shares. <laughs> absolutely. Like for, for us, it's just another month and we're just continuing to do what we always do. Yeah. And that's just that's just meaning, you know, with unit cost averaging, that just means we're buying more units at the moment. Yeah, no, but that's good. And then uh, you seem to really uh, enjoy your sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so so yeah money mage that's uh, quite great and yeah you seem to really uh, enjoy and uh, privilege your sleep which is important which keeps you uh, a fresh mind and uh, how can i say sharp thinking uh, along the along the day so i really like that and then uh, to um just i have a question because you said you were working in software um, i'm just thinking about the question of growing your income okay you invest it's conservative but then you sleep well at night 
But then on the job side, on the income side, your main income, have you taken steps to grow uh, that income? Have you taken trying to get promotions, etc.? Or how do you see that? Yeah, this is kind of like an interesting, interesting point. I'm going to go back to sleep again. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've actually like climbed, I've done the whole climbing the corporate ladder thing. So I started off as a junior software engineer and I went all the way up to a, um, a co CTO position. So I was like executive level for a wee while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've actually gone backwards without, without taking a significant drop in salary, but with a drop in salary because I found the work life balance, um, not fulfilling when climbing that ladder too high it it basically was turning into a seven day a week job um 60 70 hours a week answering the phone to other executives every every minute of every day um worrying about the business and where the income was coming for the business Mm -hmm. and worrying about the jobs of my colleagues and worrying about where the next sale was coming from and i i just went i've had enough of this this is not this is not the path to happiness i don't need that level of income to be happy mm-hmm. so i actually i actually took a step down back to just being an engineer so i don't have any any form of management responsibilities at the moment and i haven't done for getting on 12 months now and I, I think there's, that's, it's kind of similar, similar message about the personal finance thing. You know, it's like each to their own, really. It's like you can you can totally go and climb that corporate ladder to get more income. But what's it going to do to you? And you could totally put all of your money and portfolio in um, in P2P loans. But what's it going to do to you? Mm hmm. So I think it's I think it's a balance, you know, and um, as I say, I try I try to live a principled way of doing things and a way of life. And um, I try to I try to work on those habits, you know, of growing income, but not not growing income at the expense of well-being. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and uh, I totally understand you. I mean, I haven't reached uh, or I'm not striving at uh, getting to executive level unless it's my own company or uh, my own venture, I would say. But it's true that, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I've been a team leader. I've been uh, managing some uh, some people uh, myself. It's, it's quite great. It gives you good feeling. You get a good attention. You get, yeah, you get a, a better salary, etc. And at some point it's good, but then... I'm wondering, you know, what's next, you know, then, then you climb, you climb, you climb, but then what's next? Because in the end you, okay, you pay, you're paying more, but you work more or you have more responsibilities and then it becomes a calls in the weekends or the, I don't know, in your case, maybe the server is down. <laughs> I don't know what the solution breaks, uh, breaks. And in my case, maybe it would be uh, yeah, there's an operation, this and that happened. Uh, some people uh, on the boat are blocked because of customs clearance, uh, because uh, some part or some object is not bit custom cleared. Something is wrong in the procurement chain, whatever. You know, it can, all sorts of these things can happen during the weekends, during your free time. So yeah, your sleep is uh, disrupted. And for what in the end, like for, uh, I don't know, let's say 800 euros a month uh, more. Okay, yeah, it's nice, but then you sleep less and you're stressed more. 
So maybe there's other ways to make those 800 euros or this extra income by, for example, investing. So yeah, it's all a balance, actually. Yeah, I t- totally agree. And like, if if you're if you the and you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right that you know there's there's a degree of climbing the corporate ladder where it tips over from being good and useful into being negative. Mm-hmm. And I and I I found that that period of negativity was when I I couldn't in my spare time, what little spare time I had, I couldn't invest in myself. I couldn't improve myself. I couldn't you know all I could do was kind of vegetate and that that really isn't good so you know you don't have to just invest in um you know stocks and shares or you know funds or whatever you can invest in yourself to get new skills to go into a different career path or you can you know invest in skills that allow you to start up um, your own side business Mm -hmm. and if you do that sensibly you can do that in a way that kind of adds value to your main career in software you know like there's there's different disciplines you know there's like designers there's artists there's software engineers there's project managers and you can kind of broaden your horizon a wee bit by in your little side ventures doing something that you wouldn't necessarily do in your day-to-day job Mm -hmm. but the levels you up a little bit in your day-to-day job. Yeah, absolutely. And for example, um, I'm just thinking that, I mean, if you write about personal finance uh, on your blog, then you improve your writing skills. I don't know absolutely. if that can help you in your in your job particularly, but it's a, it's a way to develop skills and way of thinking maybe and thinking about money. And, you know, then it's stuff you maybe don't notice at first, but then maybe over time, you develop a certain amount of skills, writing, thinking about money, and then you put that back or investing and percentages and calculating things. Then you you, you see how that works in your software uh, job, actually. Yeah, like t- t- absolutely. Like from a most en- like most software engineers are notoriously bad at communication. So for me, um, you know, writing and talking on podcasts. Um, <laughs> is really useful because it's something mm-hmm. that, you know, it, it, it makes my, I think we were talking about this on Twitter with Tony. Was it yesterday or the day before yesterday about how the brain, uh, brain plasticity, oh, yeah, plasticity. Like how, the bra- yeah. how the brain is malleable, you know, like, um, if all I did every day was write code, my brain would be wired a certain way. <laughs> um, so it's really good to kind of do these other things and not just other things like having fun, you know, like other things that kind of skill you up and level you up a bit. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. I like that. And then just back to the topic of uh, making uh, extra income. Uh, yeah, because one of the reasons I invited you is as well to talk about peer-to-peer uh, lending. Um, so I don't know, what's your experience exactly with the peer-to-peer platforms? So I've, I've only I've only tinkered and I've tinkered and I've, I've run away. Um, so like, um, as I've said through this, I, I, myself and the other money mage, we're both quite conservative investors. Um, so where where we see a high risk of loss of capital, we would be naturally averse to that. Mm-hmm. And I think I think in the peer to peer space, there are it's a spectrum. You know, nothing's black and white. There are there are definitely some good platforms out there. I think the thing that's given me the biggest pause for concern is the kind of 
gung-ho nature of some of it like there's people been seeing 20 30 percent returns off some of these platforms and i think i think if you're seeing that kind of return you can expect a high level of risk so if you if you're comfortable with that and if your you know if your portfolio is diverse enough to absorb that level of risk like by all means give it a go but i think for I think for the people just starting out um, on this journey, you you probably should be questioning it, especially at a time like this. There's going to be there's going to be most of those platforms suffering heavy defaults at the moment, mm-hmm. um, and they're they're kind of like reserve tanks, uh, at least in the UK. Even the big even the big UK pair to pay lenders like um, Funding Circle as and Rate Setter. Yeah, they they um they're kind of reserve tanks that they dip into to to cover defaults uh, are dry or nearly dry. So it's it's a sector that I think people should be cautious about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know this kind of uh, <clears throat> investments. I have a little portfolio as well with Mintos and the other company Crowdester. I talked about it uh, on the episode with the wealthy Finn. Yeah, because there it's an episode really on peer-to-peer lending and platforms, and he has experience with that. So we go in the details. I've experimented a bit with that, but I'm still cautious as well. Even though I'm, I'm a bit more uh, aggressive than you, for example, uh, with regards to investing. It's more I wanted to try it out and see an experiment. So I put a small sum in those platforms, but indeed, as you say, I agree that uh, if uh, the listeners, I mean, have not uh, started investing yet. I would not start with peer-to-peer lending just because it's a bit, I would not say, well, it's been there for a few years already, but maybe it's a bit, it can be risky. It has not shown as much resilience as the stock markets or real estate, etc. So it's fairly recent. So it's more like use your fun money in it that you're ready to lose, but not maybe uh, your savings for five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, t- I totally agree with that. Um, mm. I think if, one thing that this will be a bit this is what will be tricky for me is what what's the definition of fun money because i think like you know i i could put you know five or ten high down on something like that mm-hmm. until it came to the loss if that makes sense you know like i i would convince myself that it would be fine to lose five or ten high um <laughs> until that loss actually happens um <laughs> if that makes sense yeah <laughs> um so I think I think that's one of the reasons why I I'm so cautious about it. But yeah, I, I think I'm supportive. If you, if it's just fund money, you know, by all means. I mean, if you have uh, 500 euros, you you think you can lose it, uh, or 500 pounds? Okay, just yeah. um, try it, yeah. see for yourself if it works. Uh, I mean, considering that, for example, the rest of your money, 20,000 euros or 20k or more, is invested or saved in some, uh, like for example, your um, you mentioned the the savings account, the retirement accounts, you know, then it's money working for you anyway. And those 500 euros, well, okay, uh, maybe you will not sleep well for two nights, but at least it's okay. I mean, if you have, if you're up front, you say, well, look, it's uh, 500 euros lost. Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, what, what, where I get nervous is seeing people that have got, um, you know, 30, 40% of their portfolio in it. And um, I do. I do hope they manage to get their their funds out, or they or they manage to get their funds out before um before it all falls down, because it does feel like it's going to fall down. 
Yeah, I've seen a lot of communication on Twitter. I mean, I've only used those two platforms I mentioned, but yeah, I've seen some uh, comments in here and there. I didn't go into the details, but yeah, apparently some, uh, as you mentioned, some platforms are defaulting, etc., or it's getting hard to uh, get your money back uh, at the moment. Yeah, there's um, there's a big um, there's a big UK one that I think that's closed their secondary market, mm. um, which which basically makes it impossible to get your um, your money your back. Cap- your your capital out yeah um, and then you expose to the loan um entirely so yeah worrying times and then um money Maj, um i had a question for you because back to the to your story you mentioned that at first well you started with low paying jobs and then okay you made your way up but i was wondering that along the way from then to today what resources books podcasts blogs uh, have you been um, reading uh, to to help you on the way uh, what, what source of information did you use actually i think all the all the kind of books that i'm going to mention are probably are probably kind of books that i've done around in kind of software entrepreneurship mm-hmm. so i think if i called out two it'd probably be i'll call out three There's a guy called Eric Ries, which you've probably heard of, who wrote The Lean Startup, mm-hmm. which is about failing early and failing um, often and improving. And it's kind of born out of um, the Toyota production system. So I think Eric Ries' book, The Lean Startup, the Toyota production system, so the, the Toyota Way is the, is the name of the book. Uh, it's, it's, much more bo- it's much more of a boring read than... Eric Reese's book, but it's 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 more kind of like management thinking and systems thinking. Okay. Um, but it's it's really good at making you think about the wider picture um, and the wider system, mm-hmm. rather than just the thing that's a, a kind of front and center at the moment. Um, and then the third one is probably, and I've I've, I've already called it out on the podcast. Is is Covey's um, seven, seven habits. habits? Yeah, yeah. And I think I think like, whilst it's a bit, it's it's a bit of a cliche to kind of mention it, but I think that whole like looking after oneself and identifying what you are about and what you're trying to achieve and how you're trying to achieve it and how you're doing that in kind of like a good altruistic way. I think those three are probably the the kind of things that have flipped my mind. Talking about malleable brains, have flipped my <laughs> mind out of writing code into um, you know trying to trying to live life. Mm-hmm. And then this <clears throat> reading those three books, getting inspired, taking action. This led you to then improve your uh, financial uh, financial life. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, they've they've helped my and like directly so as well. Like they changed how I started interacting in my job and with my peers. So I wasn't just talking about code. I was talking about you know the system and the company and the the market and you know kind of more business thinking, I suppose. Mm-hmm. There, there is one thing about the seven habits. Uh, back in the days, at my <clears throat> actually my first job, it was actually in software. I'm not a software engineer, but uh, I was uh, more like on the sales side. Yeah. And advising, consulting for our clients. But we had a seminar on this book, um, The Seven Habits. And then it was like three days and then you saw videos, etc. And then you need 
you needed to apply the the book. You saw some passages. We we didn't read it then, but we saw some passages, and then we applied some main ideas, some videos, and there was one thing. It was about you see actually Stephen Covey in a video, and he's eighty years old or something. <laughs> yeah, with his family, and then the question is in the book, uh, which you need to think uh, for yourself. It's like, okay, just imagine you're eighty years old today. What would you like to have achieved during your life? And then you see him with family, etc. And it's nice. It's a dinner. And then actually this scene, it got me thinking, okay, well, where do I want to, how do I want to live until 80 years old? Or what do I want to have achieved by then? Yeah. And then? And then this kind of starts, I mean, the brain process, and then it can lead to financial independence or whatever, but at least it, it gets you, yeah, it gets your brains uh, working. Yeah, Absolutely. I think I think that's the important thing is like what are you trying to where do you want to be what do you want to do how are you going to get there mm. and how are you going to get there in a in a positive altruistic way Okay very good very good and then back to now uh, something pops in about you because you wrote in I think it's in your principles that budgets are BS so uh, can you explain a bit because common advice in personal finance is to budget or to set to keep track of your expenses to know where your money is going but then you say no budget is bs <laughs> can you uh, clarify <laughs> yeah absolutely so i think w what i'm saying there is the 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 bs kind of budget so the one where you go you know i have 500 pounds a month and i then start allocating that to certain It's like it's like it's the, the kind of wrong way around budget where you go, I have this kind of income and I'm going to divvy that income up against a bunch of buckets mm -hmm. that allow me to spend in those buckets. That's the kind of budgeting I think is wholly wrong. I I think the kind of budgeting that's right is the kind of budgeting where you you measure, you like you find tooth comb a couple of months actuals and you you figure out where your expenditures are going okay so there's a kind of tracking of expenses still yeah so um i'm, I'm all for tracking of expenses mm -hmm. what i'm what i'm not for is going you know i have a food budget of 200 pounds a month um therefore i'm going to spend 200 pounds of food a month you know what i what i'm for is going how much am i spending on food And is that is that reasonable or am I overspending? Um, so I'm I'm much more for the kind of fine fine tracking of expenditure and and really kind of relentlessly getting that expenditure down. We the the other money mage and I more so than most, but you know like really applying pressure in, on onto that expenditure. It's maybe a bit of a nuance. Like what I'm against is budgets via bucketing and dividing up your income into these kind of set categories. It's much more, I found it much more useful to just aggressively track what you're spending and get that, get that spend down. Yeah. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's a, a bit in the nuance. So it's not totally opposite. It's just a, a bit more refined and I want to see where my money's going and try to uh, aggressively uh, decrease <laughs> my expenses then and uh, then work uh, work my way Absolutely. up and then, uh, okay okay very good that is something i uh, <clears throat> that strikes me in your uh, principle so 
So that's uh, that's it. Okay, very good. And um, I'll link that as well in the in the show notes. So Manimaj, uh, where are you now on your journey to uh, financial independence? Are you you said you're mortgage free? So are, are you there yet, or what are you working on these days? <laughs> so I think I think we're we're working on that grow your income, but but I mean you know the, the buzzword's passive income, isn't it? You know like the 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 income driving income for itself so we we're still looking to grow our yeah i I guess like dividend paying income and that's not necessarily coming from dividend stocks but um you know income earning investments is what we're looking at growing at the moment Mm -hmm. Um, and that's basically to you know accelerate our path i think we have we we nearly at the point where we have the net worth to achieve that. Probably wind forward five years, and we'd probably probably hit that. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to make your, let's say, dividend income or passive income or um, the same the, the same as your your day job or something like that. Or you have some kind of threshold there, or you focus on the net worth. No, not not looking to make it income from um, day job, but if we can get that to cover our expenses mm-hmm. plus, you know, plus reasonable enjoyment costs, that would go a long way to us being being free. Really, I think when when we get to that point, I don't I don't think we'll stop working. Um, I think it's just like another another cushion, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally makes sense, uh, Money Maj. So money Maj, I think we've come at the end of the the conversation of the show and um yeah I think this conversation was quite good. Uh, I liked your approach because usually we are being told and I I say it myself when you're young you can be aggressive with investing while well, you have paid your mortgage, you're mortgage free and you invest conservatively. I mean there's all sorts of ways to achieve financial independence so I like to hear different perspectives and see that it works as well. So people I mean, the listeners can find what they what will let them sleep at night. Actually, that's the best way to formulate it. So there's several ways, and you presented your way. I, I liked it. So uh, thank you for that. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for having me, John. It's been it's been really good, and you know, personal finance is personal, isn't it? So it's, absolutely, it's great. Excellent. And of course, before uh, we head off, we have our quick fire questions. So the number one question, uh, Money Maj, what has been your best investment so far? Um, my relationship with the other money mage, which is coming up 19 years. Wow. <laughs> That's nice. And then um, what is the best book you would recommend to anyone? I have already an idea, but uh, it does not need to be financial. So what is it? Um, it's actually not going to be financial. So we're going to be colonizing Mars, aren't we? So I thoroughly recommend the Mars Trilogy by Kim Stanley Robinson. Okay. So what is that about? It's about um, it's a sci-fi trilogy mm-hmm. um, about about Mars. So it's about the colonization and terraforming of Mars. Okay, very good. Well, uh, I'll look it up and I'll link it as well. I mean, I've never heard this one. Usually, I hear I hear uh, a lot of classics when I ask these questions. So very cool, very cool. That's also why I invite different people to hear new stuff. So very cool. And then uh, the last question, uh, Monimar. What has been the best purchase you've made for under a hundred dollars or pounds in your case? 
this is this one's gonna be quite boring it's probably going to be one of the first software engineering books i bought i think it was a it will have been like a unix book or a linux book or something um when i was i must have been you know late teens um and self self-taught off that book mm-hmm. in the bedroom and that kind of got me the career that i have now okay excellent and then would that book still apply today i mean you think it's it's too old <laughs> technology for now or to old programming no no totally not it's still it's still like a, okay. it's still like a unix it's still like a unix administration book so it, it's people still do that on a day-to-day basis dying but still people still do okay very good well i'm not uh super tech uh, <laughs> um how can i say super tech savvy so yeah okay <laughs> anyway so uh money Maj, before you head off where can people how can people connect with you and read more about how to grow their income and uh, reach financial independence in the UK or in Europe? So you can get to Money Mage at moneymage.net mm-hmm. and you can find me on Twitter at moneymagery. Okay, very good, very good. Okay, well, uh, thanks again. It was a pleasure to have you and, uh, you know, it's, it's a, a change from only Twitter, so now I hear your voice. I imagine a personality behind the, the, the Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> awesome it's and thanks thanks so much for having me Johnny it's been it's been amazing fantastic yeah I really enjoyed this conversation with Mr Money Mage thought it was quite inspiring and I really liked his message reaching financial independence is for anybody no matter your income level nor your background and I hope you enjoyed this episode as well and that you learned something from it so let's go to the key takeaways before we close off number 1 it is absolutely possible to reach financial independence No matter your income level, the way to get there is to relentlessly seek for income growing opportunities and namely through investing so that your income is not tied to your output. So let the money make money for you. Number two, track your expenses and keep them as low as possible, save and invest the rest. Number three, climbing the corporate ladder has its perks and salary benefits, but it can come as well with a lot of stress and a reduced work-life balance. Endlessly looking for promotions is not the path to happiness because you will always ask yourself, yeah, what's next, what's next, what's next? As we discussed, yeah, I think it's important for yourself to evaluate yeah, what the tipping point is for you between yeah, growing and building skills and then yeah, entering a phase where it's only stress, 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 work in the weekends, etc. Number four, side activities can also help you build skills, which can help you in your day job. So these can be actually great ways to invest in yourself as well. And this can be through blogging, through podcasting, launching a digital market agency, you know, many things. And last but not least, regarding investing your money, whether you are an aggressive investor or a more conservative one like Mr. Money Mage, one clear message from this conversation is that anyone should invest in a way that will let you sleep at night. So that was it for today. Thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot to me. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcast. And of course, please do not hesitate to contact me. If you have any questions or feedback, send me an email, john at johnnytalks.com or connect through social media at johnnytalks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And amigos, once more, thanks so much for listening and I'll speak to you next time.